Now Lonnie Finley's his name Vince Eustace is his This is hip-hop And movie news And that's the way it is Episode 4 Bringing you everything from Kisseltown to the Boogie Down The home of real hip-hop spelled R-E-E-L you know why? Because everything we do, we do with ease. Ah, that's wordplay. This is the Hip Hop and Movie News Podcast. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. As us always is producer extraordinaire Patrick Pierre. And uh, yeah, hope everyone's doing well. Let's get into this. Uh, our good friend, Jussie Smollett, is finally free, guys. How do we feel about that? Uh... Now, just so you, uh, for those who don't know, yeah, won't you let us uh, tell you about Jussie? Happened. I mean, everyone should know this, but Jussie Smollett of Empire um, originally came out said that he was uh, attacked. He was mugged uh, by two white dudes wearing MAGA hats. They put a noose on his neck and doused him with some sort of liquid, and then lightly beat him up. Gently, or he's tough. I like to believe that he's just super tough and took the beating. But a lot of people thought this seemed suspicious. There's barely a scratch on you. Chicago PD thought the same thing, looked into it. Apparently some extras from Empire, who are friends with Jussie, uh, who were questioned for the beating, came out and they, there was some evidence that this was all a hoax, that Jussie was either trying to get more attention, trying to get a raise on the show, and made this whole thing up. So then there was an investigation on Jussie Smollett about fake hate crime. But all those charges have been dropped. Uh, his lawyers have come out and said that he was a victim, he was vilified, made to look as a perpetrator as a result of false and inappropriate remarks made to the public, causing an inappropriate rush to judgment. And this decision has made a lot of people, this whole story has made a lot of people upset. And I feel this decision, like, because I think even the, the one I'm not sure if it was the commissioner or something. He was like, he came out and was like, shame on you, Jussie Smollett. Like, he just like read on the riot act in front of him. He's not happy about the charges yeah, being dropped. black people back. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as my uh, my good friend Ray J uh, and I talked about uh, the other night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Ray J? Brandy's brother, yeah. Uh, so, as we talked about the other day, he's like, this is the best thing on television. Uh, this... Uh, this Justice Smollett thing because it's out of nowhere. And honestly, I feel like I woke up one day and I like checked my phone for news stories and I saw something where it's like, Justice Smollett case drop. And it was just so like abrupt and out of what? I was like, there's nothing about any of this has made any actual sense in reality. <laughs> and I would love to see the Lifetime movie on Jesse Smollett, which I'm sure he's in the works to play himself because... I was going to say, like, like that's the, the only job he could actually probably exactly. get. Exactly. But, um, so, it, it, I'm not really even sure what's going on with this. I, I feel like, from, like, a black person standpoint, I'm like, yay, this is a win for us because he's free and we've had too long of our people being incarcerated for blah, blah, blah. But I'm also like, I don't, I don't know if I should be Jesse, I don't know how to feel about you or what you've done. Now, I remember we talked about this beforehand. You and I, we were like, I was like, I'm going to wait for the verdict, the final verdict is in before I make any of my decisions because 
again, I've seen too many people incarcerated for BS things that aren't necessarily based on any facts or people just thrown in jail because they are black. Mm-hmm. And this is a fact if anyone does not believe that out there. Uh, so I'm, I waited. The case dismissed. As far as I'm concerned, me and Jesse are cool. I don't know that everything has been told truthfully from either side. So I don't know. It's hard to tell where people are lying. And it's hard for me, as, a, as a, someone viewing this, to say, I'm going to go and believe the police. Because I'm probably never going to do that. <laughs> just being that serious with you. Sorry, cops. You just have done a lot enough stuff that, you know. So I, one, I'm probably biased because I've been a fan of Empire. I made Patrick uh, binge watch Empire when we were writing a spec script for it. Which I think it was actually a pretty good spec script. Although we could not have written anything better than what's currently happening right now. Um, so I thought he was very good. And when it happened, I, I believed that, why would I believe that he wasn't actually assaulted? Then when it came out, everyone turned on him so quickly that a part of me was thinking, and also I like to be as much optimistic as you can be about a potential hate crime, I want to be optimistic that he wasn't lying about it. I wanted to be You're like, like I'm, I'm, this hate crime happened. Yeah, I just wanted to... I, just, I like, want this hate crime like, to happen. I, I didn't want to believe that like he lied. It's like, it's like why, why, why is everyone so quick to assume that he, he lied? And granted, there was a lot of evidence that I'm not sure was real or like stuff that got leaked or... Like, there's a lot of damning stuff against him. Um, But, and then, so I'm happy that he, the charges were dropped because in my mind, he's and he's been saying it with his chest. He's like, I have been telling the truth since day one. I've been a victim. Because how messed up is it if this really did happen? And he was a victim. He got, he was, so one, he's a victim of a hate crime. If this really, truly happened and he didn't pull any strings and make it happen. And everyone turns on him and says, no. You're lying. You're making this up. That's awful. That is terrible. If that's what happened, so I also feel that on the flip side, that there are some weird things in terms of like the the bond and the community service. There's just a lot of different things, like you said, that don't add up. Nothing about this really makes yeah. any sense. And also, like here's the thing too. I saw the interview where, that he did. Maybe it was Good Morning America. I'm not sure who it was. Uh, oh, I feel like Robin Roberts was interviewing him. Yes. Yeah. So Sports okay. Center. No, I'm kidding. Sports <laughs> Center. <laughs> now I have no idea what you're Bottom line is Disney owns all of it. Uh, I I watched it and I was like, I haven't seen enough Empire to have a good judge on his character. I've seen enough, but of how he acts. But then I haven't seen enough of Jesse Smollett as a person outside of Empire mm-hmm. to say unequivocally like whether he is lying or not lying. But when I watched the interview, I was like, for me, you sound like you're lying. Because it's just a way of like talking and 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 his mannerisms, but he also could be absolutely telling the truth. And I'm not really sure at this point. And enough information comes out where I'm like, we're just kind of done with this thing now. And I heard something that maybe uh, maybe Michelle Obama helped with some of this. Which I don't know if that's a rumor or what. I mean, she's got some free time right now, I guess, maybe. But, like, and then I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe this is, and I, you know, I love the conspiracies. Maybe someone was like, look, uh, y'all have taken too many. Jesse made a mistake. And you, you will release him. And we're going to pull this back. And he's going to be free. And you can't do anything about it because you've done enough bad to different celebrities and whatever. 
that we're taking him back is a mistake. He misjudges. He will use his time to improve his life, improve other people in the community. And also, you're going to have like three or four or more black people you can take later on. So. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. If this was a race draft, you know, like the Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. famously, you know, uh, invented, would you guys trade Jesse or draft mm-hmm. him on the, in the race draft? Well, now, like, I think I'd have to not draft him. Like, maybe pick him up on a 10-day contract. You mean, you're saying, like, the, the white race wouldn't, wouldn't draft him? Or what are you saying? Who would who would draft? Who's not, like black race is trading him away? Exactly. Or, or would the oh, there's plenty of white people I would trade for Jesse. But no question. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean like Fox News can get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess like if I'm gonna like it depends who I'm getting in return. You know what I mean? If you're like if I always use Bieber as an option, like <laughs> if they're like, hey, I'll give you a Bieber, and I'll give you a I don't know. Another obnoxious white person. <laughs> Jake, uh, Jake Paul. Logan Jake Paul. Paul. Nepal. The Paul. Nepal brothers. Nepal brothers. And then Bieber. So we give you something where you got cred. You got some money there for Jesse. I'm like, first of all, I don't think anyone's going to take him right now. I, I, I think he's one of those things where he like goes as a free agent. Free agent. He's undrafted. He's a free agent. I totally feel that. So. Uh, I have a question for you yeah. guys. If you were Jesse. Yeah. Do you think it's better... To whether you perpetrated this hoax or not, do you think it's better to publicly still pursue this or let it die down? Because if you still pursue this, then you're really pushing home the narrative. Like, no, I was, I was attacked. This hasn't gone. I, I still don't know who attacked me. We still have to find justice for this. Or do you're like, this has been a lot of heat on me. I should probably just lay low for a second. I, I thought that what happened is he can no longer pursue this because okay. of the situation. It was like everything is like this is done. What I what I what I read what I got from it was this is done. We're done with this. It's over. Police, you're gonna stop doing what you're doing. Just you're gonna stop doing what you're doing, and we're no longer talk about this. That's the feeling I got. So I think it's just over. And I think no matter where he was, whether he's telling truth or not, everybody wants this gone because it looks good for nobody. So All right. yeah, that's probably. Probably for the best for everyone. Uh, Jordan Peele, also constantly in the news nowadays. He's making hit movies. He's got Twilight Zone coming out. And, of course, causing, I guess, some controversy on social media. Although he's not saying on social media, but because social media just runs amok with stuff. He was at a sort of event for UCB students, sort of doing like a Q&A interview. And... Just talking about you know his life and you know how he met uh, Key and where he got to and like just like his just work ethic and everything. It was a very interesting article. I suggest you check it out. Hollywood Reporter had an article on it. But the thing that made the headlines was he was talking about you know the types of movies he's making, the stories that he's creating, and he said that he wasn't gonna see himself casting a white dude. As a lead, his quote was, "I don't see myself casting a white dude as a lead in my movies. Not that I don't like white dudes, uh, but I've seen that movie, and so and that got a lot of applause from UCB students. Like in context, it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but of course the headline is Jordan Peele will never ca- says I will never cast a white dude, uh, which a lot of people I've saw seen on on Twitter, social media, uh, white people, of course." dudes who aren't even actors are very upset want to cancel 
Jordan Peele, not see any of his movies or watch Key and Peele anymore. But there's other people who are like, oh, I get what you're doing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, as a black actor, which you are, Lonnie Finley, uh, what is your take on this? <laughs> love it. 100% love it. Absolutely agree. As a person who's also working to try to get themselves to level there, like a filmmaker and making productions, I don't think I'm going to cast a white lead either. Unless, of course, this person is pivotal to the story in a way where I would see an ensemble situation, but I have no problem whatsoever about him saying that, and I don't give a fuck if anyone has an issue with that, because show me, let me just, I'll give you this example. I went and saw Black Panther. I've never seen a movie like that with that with black leads in it and a movie that epic and that big. And if I felt something, I wasn't just like, oh, I'm enjoying this movie. This is very action packed. I like all these actors. No, I felt something that was like, that's, I've never felt that before. It felt so different to me to see a movie of that status and not be like, uh, that's Robert Downey Jr., that's Chris Evans, uh, that's Mark Ruffalo, and uh, there's a black person here somewhere. Anthony Mackie, where are you at? Oh, there he is flying out of nowhere. So I'm done with all that shit. I'm totally fine with this. He obviously, Jordan Peele is starting a revolution because the company he's working with, uh, Monkey Paw, he's like, he said he's like, I'm looking for black writers and black directors to come to me to give me to give me stuff because I want to produce stuff for us that we have never seen before. So anyone that has an issue with this, oh, there's those moments that people do stuff where they like they something comes out like this and they they just, they either defend it or talk about it in a certain way where you're like, I don't want to tell you you're being racist right now, but you should shut the fuck up <laughs> because you're coming off really like you're not getting what's going on now and you're offended because someone is taking away this this thing that you have and I don't know if I ever told you about the, the day where I discovered um, the hashtag uh, fear of white extinction on, on Twitter and I was like oh what is this thing and I was like oh you guys are afraid you're afraid that you're dying out as a culture and then so someone like Jordan Peele who's having a successful run with his movies right now is saying he's not going to go and cast like white people in these, these major league roles like we saw us there are white people in it they have prominent roles. Yeah. That's cool. He's not, he's not boycotting white right, people. Exactly. And also, I don't know if you know Chelsea Peretti. Uh, she's not black. Also, okay. I don't know if you know Jordan Peele. He's also half white. Right. So, uh, I don't have any issue with that. I have white people in my family. It doesn't bother me at all. It's just something he's changing the narrative a little bit and he's giving a little more attention and giving the chance for like an audition where it's a major motion picture and the people coming in for audition lead parts are black. That would be nice to see that and to have someone who's actually advocating for getting these people out here like this, not just having some stereotypical role, which is usually, if you are a black lead, it's a stereotypical role, unless, of course, your name is like Denzel or Don Cheeto or you're one of those major top people. So totally fine with this. I have absolutely no problem with saying that. I want more people in black directors, and not just black directors, I want people who are like, I would love if like Rob Rodriguez was like, I'm casting Latino actors as leads in my thing. You know what I mean? Just like giving more opportunity to people. I think it's clear that uh, Jordan Peele is the biggest racist who ever lived mm. and he needs to just get out of Hollywood. No pun intended. Yeah, that racist show on TV for yeah. a while that other racist uh, I, If I could play devil's advocate for a second, which is weird because I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but as someone who is white, identifies white and grew up white, I guess we are scared. I'm not scared, but like I guess as a whole we are scared. It's also one of those things. 
when I don't know, it's like a guttural reaction when something is not flipped around because it's not the same thing. But I've seen online people have been like, imagine if a white director had said, I'm not casting any black leads. Like, well, they don't have to. They just don't. Like, they and don't, I'm they, pretty sure they've actively said this. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure they have. John Wayne has openly said that uh, I think blacks were inferior and don't deserve things. Um, the problem I don't have, I don't have a problem with Jordan Peele saying this at all. Well, because white, I mean, I'm, I'm an actor as well. So when I heard this, I'm like, oh, that sucks. He's probably never going to cast me in a lead. Which it was something that I didn't really have to worry about to begin with, at least at this point in time. But ma- white male leads are a dime a dozen. Like every single, like he said, this story has been told a bunch of times. He also, I'd like to bring up, didn't say anything about white women. So, like, because white women, are, are, like, if you did like a checklist of like white men had the most leads, then white women, then people of color. Change leads for white men. And anything yeah. throughout the world, and then everyone else. And the stories that so. he's telling, like, well, Get Out had to be a, a black male lead, but like other other stories he can tell, it doesn't matter if he like plugs in another race. It's not that big a deal. And like you said, his other movies have white people in them. Like white actors aren't going to go extinct because Jordan Peele. Also, he's one guy, so even though he's very big right now and making a lot of noise in Hollywood. But I'm completely in agreement with you. Like, I, I don't get why white people are upset, but I know why they're upset. I don't agree with it, but it's like I, I get because it's just very. You just anytime you hear something that's like not positive, you're like, Ugh. well, I mean, it, it in my opinion, it is positive, but it's every so everything since the history of filmmaking and films have been white dominant for the most part until most recently actually and in films like oh well you know, I saw this movie back in 93 I saw this movie I was like Boys in the Hood there's, there's movies there's movies that cast black people but let's look through we could break down every year of all the films that come out we could kind of see a whole little pattern happen and then when you were talking about this whole thing about like um, what if a director said that I don't know if Darren Aronofsky said this when he did Gods and um, Gods and, of uh, Gods and Kings. Oh, were Christian Bale and were every, well, they were Egyptians yeah. and all the people were played by all white people, white dudes. which all the characters were all white. And this is a place where you're like, where you know there were actually people who were not white who you're having being played by these characters. Well, let's go for example the um, um, is it Ghost in the Shell that was uh, Scarlett Johansson when she's oh. playing the Japanese character and, and they yeah. cast a white woman and I love Scarlett Joe. But like, so I mean, do we want to continue to go through um, all the things that are the, the, the stories which are specifically about a race that have been taken over by by white people? Where they like, we're gonna have a white person play this role. So like, that happens, and people can't bat an eye out of it. Now it's a story still, but it, that story is like a back page story where it's like, hey, uh, what about the fact that this person's not actually white and they're played by a white character? That happens all the time, right? But we supposed to be quiet about that. And so like, he's doing this now, and I'm thinking like. He's actually coming out and saying it, and he's giving you a reasoning behind it that's legitimate and that you have to be like, if you're questioning it, you're like, he's not wrong, so am I mad at him, and what am I really mad at? I also think that, like, right before we wrap this up, uh, black movies have much more pressure on them to succeed, because if they don't, they don't really get another shot. White movies have 
Just they're not white movies. They're movies in general. Yeah, they call they're, 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 they're movies. But if like those movies fail, it doesn't matter. They'll get shot and shot again. The same thing with the actor or actresses in those movies because uh, there was a um, TV show one with Boris Kojo where they played like it was like a husband and wife and they were like spies. And I remember hearing it like that show. They were like not trying to have it succeed, and they were like, "All right, we'll see how this goes." And it just had such a short shelf life. Yet I still see Catherine Heigl constantly getting roles, and people were like. Openly, I'm like, is she good? Why does she keep having these shows that fail? What is going on? But she keeps getting these shows. What's the reasoning behind this? So it's just that shelf life for me is like there. I think Jordan Peele's finally calling attention to it. I say I hope more people do it too. Before we wrap this segment up, one question though. Do you think this has a slight hint of reverse racism? I'm going to say no. Because I personally don't believe that is a term that exists, like reverse racism. Like, you can be prejudiced towards people, uh, but in terms of the systemic definition of racism, um, I mean, I guess you could argue that he has power over people, like in terms of as a director or producer, but I don't. I see that's why people, white people use that sort of excuse to be like, oh, that's why I brought up like, oh, what if a white director said this? Because that would actually be racism. But the way he said it in the context he said it, he was just like, that's those aren't the stories I'm telling. I want to bring other people's stories to life who aren't represented as much. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, same boat. First of all, when you said it, I was like, uh, a black person didn't invent the word reverse racism. So that's already there. That's not a thing. Um, let, let my people, the, let black people uh, own white people for like give us like 20 years let us own you for 20 years and have you do menial tasks around the house and then we can talk about what racism is and what racism isn't so yeah alright well I hope that doesn't come to that uh, <laughs> like me owning white people <laughs> Vince, I, I do not want to own you I promise Vince uh, get in here make uh, some lemonade <laughs> okay that is the segue for the hip hop segment uh, Cardi B killing it right now um getting herself into a little bit of trouble. Uh, she went on Instagram and caused a bit of a stir when she admitted that back in the day when she was younger and trying to scrape by and survive, uh, when she was stripping, she would trick men into coming back to her place or actually not her place, go to a hotel or something under the pretense of having intercourse. She would drug them and then robbed them when they were unconscious. Now somehow the story kind of got away for a while and people thought that she was actually pulling up actual Bill Cosby and raping these men and then taking their money. But from what I understand, it was just the drugging, knocking them out, and then robbing them. Her, her almost exact quote, uh, bear with me, was, N-words must have forgot my N-word. The shit that I did to motherfucking survive. I had to go strip. I had to go, oh yeah, you wanna fuck me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go back to this hotel. And I drugged N-words up and I robbed them. That's what I used to do. Nothing was motherfucking handed to me my N-word. Nothing. So. I didn't know we were having Cardi on the show today. I'm happy she's here. You don't look as good I thought. Okur- yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so, like, I wanted to hop right into this one because 
this for me is something where I'm like, I'm not surprised about this happening. Like, you know, I mentioned off air the Lamar Odom story and like, here's the deal. You're going out to have sex with a stripper that you met at a strip club and she drugs you and takes your money. I have issues finding out where the moral ethical line is amongst any of this because if it was like, were you going back there to have sex with her as an escort? Like, like you're going to pay her money? Because it's hard for me to think that the stripper is just like, oh my God, I've been dancing with so many guys tonight and you've really just won my heart. Let's go have mutual sex where no money's exchanged. Like, I feel like she just took more money than she was already going to be given for the sex that she's going to have with these guys who, I don't know if their marital status, not to say that that matters, but I'm not really even... The only problem with this is I feel like Cardi should like have consulted legal counsel before doing this because I say some dudes like, oh, hey, uh, I was one of those dudes and I'm going to sue you for yada yada. And she's going to have to settle out of court for this because she's admitted to doing something now that she that someone could then later say, I have this whatever. And how we prove that, I don't know. I don't have a problem with Cardi doing that. And some dude actually did come out and say that when the story broke. I mean, it was, it's been debunked. He, he, he came out and he was lying. I should do that too. <laughs> hmm. Well, we can edit that out. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, your uh, story holds <laughs> up. Uh, first and foremost, let's not get it confused. What, if, she, if what she said is true, and I have no reason to believe it's not true, it's wrong. Like that, We're not condoning this. At least I'm not. No, I'm not condoning uh, uh, drugging people and doing <laughs> and robbing them. Like that, that is that is a crime. It is. A crime. Um, I don't know if she can be prosecuted now. I'm personally not gunning for her to be prosecuted. It's like I feel like that we have like a lot of bigger issues to deal with. I think she wasn't really. She's shown a lot of like sort of savvy business sense since she kind of got big. Uh, I felt like this was not. A smart thing to do, unless she just like wanted to keep people talking about her. But, publicity a little bit, yeah. But it was, it was something that, again, going back to it, I feel like being a white male, everything on my side, we just look terrible all the time because with the Jordan Peele thing, it's like, oh, what if a white person did this? It's like, yes, it was bad. With her, it's like if a guy did this, and it's like, it, the correlation. I get that it's supposed to be the same, ideally, but it's not really, and I can't quite explain it. Uh, I'm not mad at her for this, and I don't want to... I'm not a huge Cardi B fan to begin with. I mean, I like her, I like her music, but I'm not going to cancel her over this. Because like you said, there's like... I don't know, there's... Not to judge, but I feel like there's like a moral thing there with like, oh, like it's not like she was like going to like the church and like seducing priests and stealing from them uh, like it's, that. It's not not their type. It's <laughs> not their type. Uh, look, so it's just one of those things where I I it is wrong. And the 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 problem is sometimes we try to have like we do want things to be like equal across the board, but then we establish things which means that they're not necessarily equal. And so like a male strip club isn't run anyway the same way as a female strip club. I've never been in a male strip club. I'm not even sure if it's an actual thing. Maybe I, I feel like they only hire or hired to come to places. I don't even know. But it's 
we look at it differently as a society. Like, we have a whole culture, like, based upon, like, we got strippers, and it's like, you know, like, movies like Players Club. Like, she's got a movie coming out now, Cardi, right? Or not coming out, but it's going to be coming out soon, right? Yeah, with the Jennifer Lopez right. stripper. Right. Robbery. Are they Robbie people in that? That's why I think this is part of that whole business. It might be. All right, maybe right. to something. So what I'm saying is, like, but that that's that culture where we all are, like, People like bachelor party, you can go to strip club. Like we did a rap party one time, went to a strip club. It's like this is what you do. And so we've already established it. We're okay seeing these women dance naked for us while we throw money at them and in our minds because they're choosing to be up there. None of this is degrading. None of this is degrading, right? Which is all just what happens naturally, right? So, I mean, there's already issues I have with any of this. So, I'm like, if she's not killing these men, my Carmi's like, you know what? Maybe you learn something now. But how do you know she's not actually killing these men? Because, honestly, uh, Cardi B is a hood as hell. So, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, she's from the South Bronx. So, I wouldn't be surprised if she had a couple of bodies buried somewhere. So, you know. I've always wondered because as much as, like, rappers talk about this type of stuff, I always like wonder who really is about that life. And I'm like sure at least some of my favorite rappers have taken someone else's life before. Well, you just said it right there. Dude's got bodies too. So Cardi can't have bodies? <laughs> like, I just gave her like a new lyric for her. Cardi got bodies. Cardi got bodies. Cardi got bodies. Cardi Bray buys in the seat. What? <laughs> you just tell me. <laughs> I mean, this is just, for me, it's just like, it's all over the place where it's hard for me to be like, any way to, type of way towards her because I'm like, you know what? I feel like men have done the same. It's almost the same scenario when we talk about with the Jordan Pill thing. Certain people have done things for so long in time that I'm like, what's what's wrong? Where's where's the line of morality in America in 2019 to say what's wrong? Right? And I feel like we do, not everyone, but I feel like we kind of celebrate like when, not if a guy drugged a girl and robbed her, that's awful. But like, if we talk, like when DMX talks about like his time as a stick-up kid in Yonkers and stuff like that, we're like, oh man, that's pretty badass. You're, you know, like when like 50 Cent was like, oh yeah, I took, or they're saying like he took Ja Rule's chain and stuff like that. That like only makes that rapper like look better. And, but for Cardi, because of the like Me Too movement and everything in terms of like the drugging, because she's not gonna overpower these dudes. I mean, she's tough. But unless she has like like a burner on her or something like that, it's probably not gonna happen. So she has to do things her own way. Uh, it's a slippery slope. So I don't want to make light of this situation. Where you but go, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, let's do it. Come on. What if Cardi B and Bill Cosby had a date in a hotel room? Who would drug who first? Go. Uh, are we talking like present day Bill Cosby? Because I feel like he's a little older and longer. Wait, are we talking about prime? We're talking about like prime Ooh, time. Like I, sp- okay. I, spy I, Bill I just wrapped a cop show episode where I have to talk to Theo about being a better adult. And now I'm going to go out to this club and I'm going to put some rubies and some drinks and I'm going to like have a little Spanish fly. His prime. Prime Bill Cosby, prime Bill Cosby. versus prime stripper Cardi B. Who gets drugs first? I think I'm going to say Cosby is getting drugged first because I feel that. Cardi, for some way, shape, or form, has probably built a tolerance to like alcohol and drugs. So, and I feel like she's just like one step ahead of a lot of people. And Cosby wouldn't see it coming. I think that's right there, right? Because Cosby wouldn't see it coming. He'd be like, and like going in there, like full gun blazing, like, oh, man, this is a hot chick. Not my normal type, but like, you know, because he likes, I don't know, 
unsuspecting women. I feel like he's like a stripper. Like for him, I feel like he might be going down at the point. But yeah, yeah I he think would like lecture he, her. He'd be like, "Oh, you should uh, cover your tatas yeah. up." And what are you doing with your life? Cooking a smile. Yeah, and all yeah. kinds of yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think Cardi would definitely get the drop on that homie. And uh, and Bill would wake up and he's like, "Oh." I can't tell anybody about this because <laughs> my closet is not bare. Um, good for you, Cardi. Yeah. Keep up the... Actually, never do that again. <laughs> you, and never, and then really talk to somebody before you tweet. This is a yeah. constant thing. Talk before you tweet. Have an elder in your community and go to them and say, is this good or bad? No. Yeah, give your phone to someone else or like change your Instagram password so you don't like do live streaming. Right. All right. Uh, I... Gotta say, not to get too sappy with you guys, I love doing this podcast uh, with my friends, talking about what we love doing all the time. Just researching the news for hip-hop movies brings me so much joy. Um, Unfortunately, every now and then you come across a story uh, that's big and you have to talk about, but it brings you no joy. Uh, Talking, of course, about Nipsey Russell, the L.A. rapper, who was shot and killed in... Los Angeles in the Crenshaw area on Slauson in front of his own store that he owned uh, Marathon Clothing and he, he was shot some other people were shot as well and wounded he was taken to the hospital uh, where he was pronounced dead on the scene and as, he, the, as of the day we're recording this today is Monday the April 1st he was shot yesterday March 31st uh, he, they were saying he was shot at least six times uh, outside the store depending on who you believe. We'll get into this later, uh, but he was someone that was doing a lot for his community. I know the media was trying to spin this as potentially gang-related uh, because he had gang ties, but he he was one of those rappers, I was talking to Patrick about this, He's, he was very different from Mac Miller, but he struck me as someone like Mac Miller, that when he was alive, no one had anything bad to say about him. He had very positive energy, and everyone just loved being around him. And his death has been devastating. The, the, the NBA did like tribute nights to him. He was friends with a lot of NBA players. A lot of fellow rappers have just been like pouring their condolences in. They're just Everyone's very upset about this. And I just want to know, obviously no one's happy about this, but uh, anything you had it um, I was, uh, yeah, so... Uh in my um, off days, which are non-existent, I bartend, uh, and I had, like I was mentioning to you guys off air, I had a bunch of people come in, and you know, I didn't have the news update, and so I didn't, I you know, basically came and went right to work yesterday. So I had several customers, one of whom uh, you know, showed me a picture of him and Nipsey, and like, talking about this happening, and like, basically everyone being like, yo, this is sad. And then the kind of conversation that I was having with these people was that Nipsey was like, doing a lot for his community, but also like changing the narrative of like, his life, but also, you know, people in that, people who rap, people who, black people, everything in general about it was like, he was just changing. And I, I felt like it was a lot of positive stuff happening. And I know he was working on, um, forgive me about the documentary on with uh, Dr. Um, I think it's Dr. C- Sebi. Sebi, right. So uh, about um, Dr. Sebi, who was someone who, many believe was assassinated for having what he said was a cure to HIV and AIDS. Um, and there's a lot of conspiracies around that, around that death. And I mean, I live in America, 
lived here my entire life. You know, I do a lot of research and there's things where it just doesn't sound right to me in certain aspects. And there's been other times when someone immediately comes out and then like, they'll be like, this is gang activity. And then someone can even have video of like a gang doing something. And then for me, I still have to question it because sometimes the timing of certain things happens where you're like, we got to shut this thing down. And this is an unrelated thing, but Christopher, I want to say his Donner, Donner was the police officer who called out other cops for uh, racist behavior and went on basically like a cop killing spree as a cop. That happened about like what? Three, four years ago? Uh, I remember that. It was the, it was like sort of like a bigger dude. Bigger black yeah. dude, right? And so, they, they, you know, they chased this dude all the way up to, I want to say it was Lake Arrowhead, because it's funny, because like, I think we were supposed to go into Lake Arrowhead around that time period. Mm-hmm. And this happened, and then they said they cornered the dude. He said he wouldn't come out. They like emptied bullets in the place, and somehow the place caught on fire. These are the police also shot up a truck that had two women because they were afraid to just try to kill this guy. Not stop him, but like, we're going to kill this guy. I totally believe people take out people who are in positions of, of enacting change and who can get people behind them in a movement. And this is one of those people I think he was going in that direction. That's why people are sad about this because they're like, yo, this dude was actually like trying to do something and trying to use his, you know, he was, he's has a, um, he was supposed to have a, the LAPD, the gang violence rally thing that he was working on, um, which they said is still going to be happening. But I'm like, this is what he was doing. And some people might be like, well, why, why, would, why would someone want to stop him? And I'm like, I don't know, man. But some people just like causing chaos and keeping things where it's at. And you have a certain people rise up against something and start to realize, oh, we can be better than where we're at right now and not fight each other, work together with each other. That aids into a certain distinction of a certain people. or a certain, And that might even be like a race thing. That might be like a cultural like money thing. So I, I think that there's a lot more going on here. And this story, though it just happened, is not even close to being... Like I will say this, and I hope we don't take offense to this, Lonnie. Uh, I would say that out of the two of us, I don't know how to phrase this, so I'll just use the terminology I know. You would probably be more, like in terms of like when conspiracy theories come out, more like, oh, like I don't think this is such a crazy thought. Whereas I'm, I am probably more of the not so sure. Sometimes things just happen for a reason. When I first heard about this, I was like. Ah, this sounds kind of weird. Looked into it, saw some stuff, saw some videos of him on Breakfast Club and other radio stations where he was talking about this documentary. He even kind of made a joke about like, oh, this documentary coming out about this doctor. A lot of my homies are saying, hey, you know, be careful. You know, people are going to probably come after you. Like, your plane's probably going to go down soon, like, like joking around about it. And just little things in the story has made me not dismiss this theory as somewhat plausible like there's a lot that we don't know that's going on um it's not out of the ordinary that it could be like not gang violence but just someone in the neighborhood patrick and i were talking about it or just like someone was jealous or like you said some people just like chaos i thought it was interesting like why would he be shot now and also for someone involved in gangs like he so he grew up in uh, the Rolling Crips, and I, I know nothing about gang culture, but I feel like Blood and Crips aren't sworn enemies as much like they used to be. Like the game was similar to Nipsey in that he grew up in a gang his entire life. It was Bloods, and he and Nipsey were like not best friends, but they were super super close. Game was like super upset, like that he that he passed away. So I don't. 
I think it's an easy narrative to run that it was gang violence. It's an it, American it, narrative. It, 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 it just it, it, like it makes the most sense. It's kind of what we're spoon fed, but it's easy to dismiss it. And then like when this story comes across someone's timeline that doesn't normally have any idea who Snipsy Russell is, this is going to be a story that will come across someone's timeline who doesn't know who he is, and they're going to be like, of course, gang rapper shot by gang. Uh, dismiss it. Yeah. Right. And then like that's what happens, and that's what that's why I say, you know, it, it is. It's easy to do that and to have that whole thing be done and to say, hey, everything this person worked for is done, you know? And that's kind of like, this happens a ton of times. And, and, and yeah, I do go, I'm more of a conspiracy. You know, my, I'm, I'm from a military family. You know, my, I'm so you probably like know more about the stuff than I, like I'm just kind of like in a bubble, but you have privy. Deeply so. Yeah. There's things where, you know, I, was, I always tell a story about my mom was like, hey, there's going to be some social media things coming out. And this is when social media was not really a word. I forget what she even said, but she was like, you know, you'll be able to like access thing and interact with people on your computer and yada, yada, yada. And then what she was talking about was Facebook. And she was like telling me to like be aware of your information. And she said, she said this before I went to college and, and before Facebook was a thing. And she wasn't saying it. It's like, oh, this is back thing. She was like, we've had briefings on this and this stuff has happened. And so be aware of it. And so after she's retired, she's been way more like open with like, she's like, I, I made a joke about her being paranoid. She's like, I worked for the government so long. It just... You have all these things where, yeah, you just become paranoid about certain stuff. And so, like, call it conspiracy, call it whatever you want. It's a tragedy. This is happening. And so my whole thing is I hope that through this happening, through, through his passing away, all the people who he's working with, all the friends, all the people who who were touched by him continue to push forward what, what he was doing and just try to, like, not only really investigate what happened here, but also just, like, continue to, like, make change for the better and, like, use his death as a, instead of him being like a tragedy and some other black rapper slain by a gang, more like a martyr where you're like, yo, this person died too young and they were doing stuff to help people out. Let's continue their story, so. Reportedly, Nick Cannon's gonna be picking up the slack on the documentary, like whatever wasn't finished and like pushing the story forward. I don't know if you're joking or not. That's what I read. I, yeah, I, I saw that too. Yeah. I, I wanna, that's a good thing that Nick Cannon's doing this, even though it's Nick Cannon. I want it to be a good thing. Nick's got power and influence, but it's still Nick Cannon. Uh, I saw his comedy special recently. Which was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, but he was, uh, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, 33 years old. Our prayers go out to Lauren London, his, his um, significant other, and his children, and his family. Uh, speaking of Nipsey Hussle, we find it only appropriate that Song of the Week would be a Nipsey Hussle song. It's one of his early songs from 2008, Hustle in the House. Uh, it's actually, the hook says, this is a small introduction to Nipsey Hussle music. And for me, it was my introduction to Nipsey Hussle music. It was the first song I ever heard of his. Uh, the way I can describe it is, imagine if you heard a really good rapper or cool rapper, kind of like a throwback rapper in today's climate amongst all the mumble rappers. That's how I felt 2008, because it was a lot of ringtone rap going on. It was a lot of sort of like, like dances and like, music I didn't like and I heard this song which flipped the crisscross jump sample kind of gave it like a west coast bounce and then here's this guy who kind of had like a laid back Snoop-esque delivery uh, like repping the west coast and it was something infectious and I remember ever since then I, I, I won't lie and say like I've been the biggest Nipsey Hustle fan but I heard this song and this song became one of my favorite songs and I had it on like all my playlists on like my iPad, on my iPod back in the day, like burned the CDs, 
and I have a couple of his songs that I truly, truly like, and this is one of them. And I feel this is also the good start. If you aren't familiar with his music and want to sort of start from the beginning, get familiar. There's other music that probably precedes this, but I feel like this would be also a good start. So I would check out Nipsey Hustle, Hustle in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings us to this week in hip hop history before we wrap up the show. A lot of stuff happened this week in hip-hop history. Starting on March 25th, the Notorious B.I.G. released his second and final studio album, Life After Death, in 1997. Crazy thing how that's titled now and just like everything with that. Yeah. Literally. And how it was released right after he died. And then just, I know, it's just the whole thing about this. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's things like make... They don't make sense, but sometimes they make too much sense. It's like crazy, man. Yeah. Real quick, what's your guys' favorite song off that album? Uh, I mean, I'm, I do love Hypnotized. I mean, I know that's kind of like everyone's go-to. Right, but, but it's, it's a banger, though. It's mm-hmm. so great. I like Kicking the Door. Um, Mine is Downfall. Okay. Uh, I think it's, I, I'm going to go Kicking the Door, too. I think that, that that's the solid. Ben, also, ben, it makes me ben, laugh. Ben, I, ben. I also think about the idea of like, Whenever I hear kicking the door, I immediately think Kobe being like, Kobe, oh, Kobe Bryant. Kicking the door away with the four five. Yeah, <laughs> Kobe. Kobe Bryant rapping. It was not good. Look it up. Hilarious. No, don't. Let's not. Let's, not. Let's keep it moving. Uh, also on March 25th in 1979, the Fatback Gang released the song King Tim the Third, in parentheses, personality jock. Uh, this song is very important because while Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight is widely regarded as the first commercially released hip-hop song, this song actually beat it by a few months. I think there was a question about in terms of like licensing and copyrighted, like which like became the official song first, but this song actually came out on like not big radio, but on radio, like as a B-side before Sugar Hill came out in March, and Sugar Hill Gang didn't come out till summer september december it didn't come out too much later so i haven't heard it so i want to i want to check I, I, I listened to it recently it's, it's good it means absolutely at first first i thought like maybe it wasn't a real rap song it's like oh maybe it's just like a beat and someone kind of talking over it mm-hmm. it's a rap song it's a hip it's a hip hop it's a hip hop song so definitely check it out maybe and, you can find that link in like in yeah and then yeah we'll post a link and a little trivia question is everyone thinks it's sugar hill gang rappers delight it is fatback gang king tim the third on March 26, 1995, Easy e from NWA passed away due to complications from AIDS. Uh, I've said, like, like Easy e was like, I, I love Easy. I thought his flow, his voice, everything, just like, I, 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 Easy makes me just like want to go out and just like slap people. I just feel like I was like super like pumped, just going and be like, give me the money out of my account. You know what I mean? Like it's just like I don't know what it is about Easy. Every time I just and, and, and not to say like obviously all of NWA you got you have, you have people who rap you have great artists obviously like Ice Cube you know MC Ren there's like it's but Easy for me just the voice the quality of him man that was a that was a big and I'm you know living the East Coast the East Coast rap West Coast rap so that whole thing was happening at the time but like when he passed away it was definitely something we were like. I feel like on the East Coast, we felt it too, and we were like, yo, this is people who really were like enjoying good music was like, this is a tragedy again. It also kind of brought light to where that AIDS is not something that necessarily just affects gay men, because at the time, the black community, people were really kind of like, whatever about that. So Easy passed away from that was like some people that kind of like wake up to what's really going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, March 27th, 1984, Run DMC released their self, self-titled debut album, uh, which would become... 
incredibly influential uh, throughout the 80s and even today. In fact, the beginning of our podcast, for those who have a good ear for this type of thing, is a reference to their scene in Crush Groove where they do the concert scene. It's like that. It's a reference to that. March 28th in 1995, two rappers that unfortunately are no longer with us released their debut albums. Old Dirty Bastard released Return to the 36 Chambers, the dirty version. And one of, I feel, the more underrated rappers of all time, Big L, released Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Uh, Then on March 29th, 1988, ending up the week, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince released their second studio album, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. Even though it was their second album, it was by far their most successful album. It kind of catapulted them into superstar status. Uh, I feel it was the sort of beginning of Will Smith becoming a true superstar doing Fresh Prince. Also, we all just learned this. It was the first ever double album for hip-hop music when it was released on vinyl. So that wraps up this week in hip-hop history. That also wraps up the show. We had fun, as always, bringing you the very best in hip-hop and movie and, news uh, up to date stories is like as we get them like, I'm thinking about this yesterday when this happened I was like oh, I know what we're talking about tomorrow yeah. about Nipsey so uh, but we, we covered a lot of c- categories today and I think like you know it's uh, the show's hitting on all cylinders fellas I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying it oh and you had a good idea I think we're going to try and do this there's yeah. so much stuff happening in terms of hip hop history yeah. that we have to like trim it down so what we're going to try and do is start posting little tidbits on Twitter, the stuff that... Because we don't want to... I always feel bad getting rid of some history. Like, oh, this album being released or this person being born isn't important and this person is. And I feel like it's all important. But in terms of the show, we share like the bigger ones and then we'll share like other tidbits information on our Twitter account, which you can check out. It's Hip Hop Movie News on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can also follow us on Facebook, yeah. Hip Hop and Movie News. Yeah, man. We're covering the globe. We're taking over. That's right. One account at a time. All right, that does it for us. I'm Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. Got Patrick Pierre as well. Oh, I'm supposed to say my name? I don't know. Last time I cut you off, I felt bad about it. You did cut him off last time. <laughs> I guess I'm Patrick. I guess you are. (laughs) All right. Just chill to the next episode.